السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن ولاهم بعد. So we are about to enter the ten days of the Hijjah, and these are the most blessed and the most sacred days of the entire year. And we have decided to, alhamdulillah, do a special program every single day, a very, very short, sweet program, inshallah ta'ala, of benefit, where we will discuss and remind ourselves of various ways to come to Jannah. What are some of the doors to Jannah? What are some of the good deeds that we can do, not just in these days, but throughout the year? And so even though we'll be releasing, you know, every single day a video, in reality, these lectures, inshallah ta'ala, will benefit at any time of the year. And of course, because we need to set ourselves into the mood and we need to understand what is the significance of these 10 days, it is appropriate that we take a step back and ask ourselves that how do we know these 10 days are sacred and why are they sacred and what did Allah and His Messenger say about these 10 days? Realize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prefers certain times over other times and certain places over other places and certain people over other people. Allah Azza wa Jalla says in the Quran, ذَلِكَ فَضْلُ اللَّهِ يُؤْتِيهِ مَنْ يَشَاءُ It is Allah's blessings. He chooses what to give it to, who to give it to, whomever Allah chooses, whatever Allah chooses, Allah has the right to make it more blessed. And so, not all places on earth are the same. The Kaaba, for example, is the holiest place on earth. When you go to the Kaaba, when you go to the house of Allah in Mecca, any good deed that you do in that vicinity, it is magnified, it is multiplied, and that's what the meaning of barakah is. So when we pray two rak'ah, you know, uh, in the Masjid al-Haram in Mecca, every single rak'ah is given the equivalent of a hundred thousand rak'ahs, right? So try to understand how many that is going to be. If you were to pray two rak'ah sunnah every single day, you know, uh, throughout the year, you would, you would only get, you know, less than a thousand, you know, rak'ah of sunnah from that and to pray one rak'ah is giving you a hundred thousand. So imagine the amount and the barakah of Makkah that you go there and you simply pray and you get all of this. So once you understand that the play, that the most blessed place on earth is Mecca, understand that the most blessed time of the year are these 10 days. And it is sad to note that many Muslims do not take advantage of these 10 days, and they don't understand the gift that Allah has given them in these 10 days. <laughs> and one of the reasons I think um, for this is because uh, it is the job of, of, of you know the preachers and the teachers and the scholars to keep on emphasizing that a lot of times Ramadan eclipses these other 10 days. And people think that, you know, Ramadan is the holiest season of the year. And that is not incorrect. Ramadan is the holiest month. And the Laylatul Qadr is the most blessed night. In fact, that's the whole point of that one night being more than a thousand months, right? There's no question. The night of Laylatul Qadr is the most blessed time frame of the entire year without any exception. But after the night of Laylatul Qadr, the 10 nights of Ramadan and the 10 days of Dhul Hijjah are the most blessed time frames of the year. Okay? So, the, the 10 nights of Ramadan and the 10 days of Dhul Hijjah, these are two 10 uh, for, from day and night um, phases. Of course, the point of Ramadan is that as we know, the nights of Ramadan are the more blessed, but the days of Dhul Hijjah are more blessed. Now, by the way, this does not mean that the days of Ramadan are less blessed and the, the, the nights of Dhul Hijjah are less blessed. No, it simply means that our scholars have said when you contrast the blessings of the 10 of Ramadan with the blessings of the 10 of Dhul Hijjah, what we seem is that both of them are somewhat equally blessed. But, 
the emphasis on each one is slightly different. And so, in the month of Ramadan, the emphasis is going to be on the night time of worship. That we start doing our tahajjud, our qiyam, our taraweeh, our duas, our dhikr. That's going to be at night time. And of course, the day is also blessed. But not as much as the night. And then in Dhul Hijjah, which is now coming upon us, this is the time frame where the days are more blessed than the night. Even though the night is also blessed. And one should make a, per- a point of trying to do as much as one can during the night as well. And we should realize as well that uh, the sign of Iman is to understand and appreciate these blessings that Allah has given us. You know, um, not to give a, uh, a, a too crude of an example for this dunya, but I'm trying to make us understand that imagine if one of the most popular stores in, uh, you know, the city. Imagine the store that you go to for luxury items. Imagine if it said, okay, you know, for two days, you know, of the year, we shall have everything discounted for, you know, 10%, let's say, okay? The most expensive item, you will get it for 10%. Can you imagine the preparation people would have? Can you imagine the lines that would people have? Can you imagine they're going to be thinking, what am I going to buy? I'm going to be saving up to get this item. They're planning for that, you know, purchase. Well, the example is very crude because it's to this dunya. I'm not trying to compare. But still, the excitement that the people of the dunya have for the dunya, we should have much more excitement for the akhirah. And we should prepare. And we should think about, okay, what exactly am I going to be doing to take advantage of my time during these 10 days and these 10 nights? And our Prophet uh, wasallam he said in the famous hadith in Sahih Muslim, that there is not a single uh, deed that is more pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that can be done outside of these 10 days as compared to within these 10 days. In other words, the paraphrase, let me let me say the hadith in simple English because the hadith is eloquent and there's a double negative. The hadith in simple English is as follows, that nothing you can do outside of these 10 days will be better than what you can do during these 10 days. That's what the hadith is saying. The sahaba were shocked and they said, O Messenger of Allah, even if we do a legitimate jihad in the way of Allah, even that, and the Prophet ﷺ said, even that, unless in one circumstance, and that is the person dies a shaheed, that person's life and good deeds and that person's status is higher than the 10 days of Dhul Hijjah. Otherwise, apart from dying the death of a shaheed, whatever you do in those 10 days, it is going to be more beneficial than the rest of the 350 years days of the year combined. You cannot do anything close to what you can on these 10 days. So the point is that every single good deed that we do during these 10 days, it is magnified, it is multiplied, it is given barakah. And so we should increase every single type of good deeds. And of course, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives a qasam, an oath about these uh, days, وَالْفَجْرِ وَلَيَالٍ عَشْرِ That Allah gives a qasam by fajr and by the 10 nights. And this is the 10 nights, Ibn Abbas said, these are the first nights of Dhul Hijjah. So what should a person do? Well, obviously, the greatest good deed to do is to go for hajj during these days. And of course, that is why hajj, which is the most sacred act of worship, takes place in the most sacred time frame, on the most sacred place on earth, in the most sacred state, which is the state of ihram. So hajj combines the best of the best of the best of the best. The best time, the best place, the best location, uh, the best uh, the, the best state that one is in. There is nothing better than hajj. But of course, this year, as you know, Qadr Allah Masha Fa'al, Subhanallah, it was Allah's Qadr. Today, I would have been departing for Hajj, but Allah's Qadr uh, and Allah Azza wa Jal has chosen what is best. We accept Allah's uh, Qadr. So, if you're not going for Hajj, 
then what you can do while you are muqeem is to do every other type of good deeds, including fasting, especially on the ninth of Dhul-Hijjah. Because our Prophet ﷺ said, whoever fasts on the ninth of Dhul-Hijjah shall have two years of minor sins forgiven as a kafara. Minor sins, not the major sins. Major sins, you need to repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the fast on the ninth of Dhul-Hijjah. And also of the blessings that are of the good deeds that we can do that are especially recommended is of course the Udhiyah. And of course, uh, some of the madhab say that the Udhiyah is wajib. And this is the famous position of the Hanafi madhab. Uh, and the uh, Hanbali and Shafi madhab, they say that Udhiyah is sunnah mu'akkada. It is a strongly encouraged sunnah and it is not wajib. It is of course encouraged. Whoever can afford to do this for sure, it is encouraged to do. And that is another good deed that can be done. And of the good deeds as well that can be done and are especially and specifically encouraged by the Prophet ﷺ is that of dhikr, of adhkar, of saying the tasbih and the tahmeed and the takbir and the tahleel. And that is, subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar. Especially these four adhkar, it is the most important that we do it during these 10 days as much as possible. And we can add to this as well the longer kalima. La ilaha illallah, wahdahu la sharika la, lahul mulku wa lahul hamdu, wa huwa ala kulli shay'in qadir. And there are many, many other good deeds that we can do. In fact, uh, these are the three that are specifically mentioned in the uh, Sunnah and of course in the Quran as well when it comes to Hajj. But in fact, every single good deed that you can imagine and think of, every good deed, which whether it is sadaqah, whether it is you know visiting one's relatives or being kind to the poor or doing anything, uh, extra acts of worship, extra tahajjud, extra Quran, extra dua, any good deed during these 10 days, these are going to be blessed things beyond the time frame outside of these 10 days. So therefore, brothers and sisters, let us plan, let us think long and hard, let us have literally an agenda in our minds, this calendar of events. What are we going to do from now? Decide how you're going to spend your money, you know, which charities you're going to give to. And of course, the best of all charities is that which begins at home, and that which begins with one's immediate family and immediate kith and kin. But the point is that from now, you decide, what am I going to be doing so that we take advantage of these 10 days? We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for His fadl and tawfiq. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept our good deeds and to forgive our sins and to exalt our ranks. And inshallah, I will continue tomorrow. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. <laughs> والذين هم للزكاة فاعلون والذين هم لفروجهم حافظون إلا على أزواجهم أو ما ملكت أيمانهم فإنهم غير الحج أشهر معلومات فمن فرض فيهن الحج فلا رفث ولا فسوق ولا جدال في الحج وما تفعلوا من خير يعلمه الله وتزودوا فإن خير الزاد التقوى 
السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ونوله ما بعد So we're talking about various doors to Jannah What we're going to be doing not just in the 10 days of the Hijjah But especially in the 10 days of the Hijjah What are some of the good deeds that we can do during these days And of the most important of deeds the one that our Prophet ﷺ specifically linked with these 10 days is that of doing dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And subhanAllah, what a beautiful topic dhikr is. Dhikr, what does dhikr mean? Dhikr means the remembrance of Allah. Dhikr, literally the word dhikr means to remember something. And dhikr is a manifestation of the love of the heart because it is human nature to think about what you love, right? Imagine something in this dunya. Imagine something that you crave, you desire. Imagine the love that two lovers have for one another. They're constantly thinking, they're constantly, you know, imagine the love of the father for the child or of the mother for her child, that there's constant thinking about this, right? This is the reality of love, that it manifests in how often you think. And what do you think therefore should be the love that the believer has for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What should be our dhikr and our love for the greatest object of our desire for the manifestation of our spiritual love. And that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبَّ لِلَّهِ Those who believe they have a stronger love for Allah than they have for anything else. And that love is going to be manifested in how frequently we remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, some of the scholars they say, that just like when you go to the doctor, he checks your pulse, and the pulse will overall give you an, uh, you know, an idea of your physical state. So too, the dhikr is the pulse of your iman. The dhikr is the spiritual pulse of your iman. If you want to see the strength of your iman, examine your dhikr. If you are doing regular adhkar, if throughout the day and night your tongue is re- is remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then alhamdulillah that is a good sign. However, if you find yourself rarely or never remembering Allah azza wa jal, then this is a problem. And one needs to go to the spiritual gym here and fix oneself up to make sure that one's dhikr is up to par. And of course there are so many blessings about the realities of dhikr. The Quran and Sunnah is full of of blessings about uh, the the uh, rewards of doing dhikr. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Allah kathiran la'allakum tuflihun." Remember Allah frequently if you want to be successful. Allah kathiran, kathir. Always be doing dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that the people that are going to Jannah, their description is, وَالذَّاكِرِينَ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا وَالذَّاكِرَاتِ The believing men and women who frequently remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, kathira. By the way, almost always when Allah mentions dhikr, He follows it up with the adjective kathir. In other words, one dhikr, two dhikrs is okay, good. But what Allah is praising is kathir dhikr, a lot of dhikr, constantly doing a dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, 
in the famous hadith in Sahih Bukhari, that the example of the one who does dhikr compared to the one who does not do dhikr is the example of the one who is alive compared to the one who is dead. And this is a very profound hadith. He literally called the one who is not doing dhikr, he called him dead. And this is a reality in that he is spiritually dead. And that is why I said, dhikr is like the life of the heart. It is like the lifeline of the heart. Also, our uh, uh, the Quran teaches us a very, very simple point. Allah says in the Quran, فَذْكُرُونِي أَذْكُرْكُمْ You do my dhikr, I shall remember you. If you remember Allah, Allah will remember you. And what is the meaning of remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when Allah says, I shall remember you? What is the meaning of that? The meaning is that Allah azza wa jal will take care of you. Allah will show mercy upon you. Allah will answer your duas. So what greater reward do we want that when we mere created mortals do dhikr of Allah, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remember us. So our own uh, status and our own sha'an, it rises in the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when we do the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also told us that doing dhikr is one of the greatest uh, protections from the evils of the whisperings of shaitan. Shaitan is our open enemy and he's constantly whispering evil things to us. And when we do dhikr, we put up a sort of, of barrier between us and shaitan. In one hadith our Prophet ﷺ called dhikr hisnun hasinun, which means it is a protected fortress. Dhikr is like a protected fortress. When you say, in one hadith, the Prophet said, when you say bismillah, then it, it is a barrier between you and shaitan. And so doing dhikr is a spiritual protection. It is a shield that will protect us from the evils of uh, the world of the shayateen and the ins. Of the blessings of dhikr as as well, is that dhikr is something that protects uh, us from grief and from worry. When we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and when we uh, begin our adhkar, and when we praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it will bring comfort to the heart. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran, وَمَنْ أَعْرَضَ عَنْ ذِكْرِي فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةً ضَنْكَ That whoever turns away from my dhikr shall live a difficult life, and he shall then be resurrected in the hereafter uh, upon punishment and upon blindness. Now, notice here Allah says, whoever turns away from my dhikr, shall live a miserable life. Which means if you turn to dhikr, you shall live a sweet life. Okay? If you turn to dhikr, then you will have a better life. And of course, Allah says in the Quran that إِذَا لَقِيْتُمْ فِئَةٌ فَاثْبُتُوا وَذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ Remember Allah frequently if you want to live successfully or be successful. So doing dhikr constantly will make us of those who are successful. Also, doing dhikr open opens up a door of conversation with Allah. Doing dhikr shows we have a continuous relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Doing dhikr brings about the angels to our gatherings in our houses and our presence. The Prophet sallallahu said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has angels who are assigned to go find people doing dhikr. And when they find them, they sit there and then they pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless that uh, gathering. And the concept of dhikr is one of the most 
easy ways to get into Jannah and to save ourselves from the fire of hell. Our Prophet ﷺ said that there is no deed that will save a person from the punishment of hell easier than dhikr. There's nothing that is more helpful for a person to be saved from Jahannam than doing dhikr. So when a person is constantly remembering Allah, praising Allah, Subhanallah, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, La hawla wa la quwata illa billah, the tongue is constantly moving, then this is a very, very positive sign. And in fact, when we do dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we are planting our seeds in Jannah. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that I met Ibrahim on the night that I went to Isra al-Miraj and he said to me that, O oh Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, give my salams to your ummah and tell them that Jannah is fertile soil, but there's no seeds in it. And that the seeds of Jannah, or the little trees of Jannah, will be their dhikr of subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar. In other words, every time you say subhanallah, you will get a tree in Jannah. And in these 10 days, inshallah, you will get hundreds and thousands and millions of trees. Subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar. Ibrahim told our Nabi to tell us, what more do you want? He told us directly that every time we do dhikr, can you imagine, can you imagine one tree of Jannah, it will take less than a tenth of one second. Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar. Right there, inshallah, I have four trees inshallah. How many trees do you want? Well, for the more trees, the larger the plot of land, right? Therefore, the more dhikr you will do, the larger your plot of land is going to be. And of course, dhikr is something that is of the most comprehensive advice of our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. A man came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and said, O Messenger of Allah, I have accepted Islam as an old man, and I cannot compete with your younger companions to do all of these good deeds. Advise me to do one deed, that if I perfect it, I can catch up to the level of these younger Sahaba. And in the audience is Abu Bakr and Umar as-Siddiq. The Prophet ﷺ held on to his tongue and he said, I command you to do dhikr of Allah. In one version, have your tongue constantly moving from the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are some of the many, many blessings of dhikr. Let us make sure that we constantly remember Allah from our heart, not just from our tongue. We should say subhanallah knowing what it means. Alhamdulillah, la ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar. And then variety, there are plenty of adhkar. And realize that all of the adhkar, the queen of them are the five that I just mentioned. Subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar, wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billah. These five, all the other adhkar are great, and you should say them, but these are the default five. Make sure you stick with these five more than the others and make it a constant part of your daily routine that whatever you're sitting, whatever you're standing, whatever you're doing, you're lying down, dhikr can be done in any state. You don't have to have wudu. Dhikr can be done wherever you are. You don't have to be in the masjid. Dhikr can be done when you're stuck at a traffic light, when you're waiting for a meeting, when you have nothing else to do. Dhikr can be done in your heart if you cannot even verbalize it. Dhikr can be done lying down, sitting, facing the qibla. So whatever it is, one of those actions of worship that is is so easy and yet brings about so many blessings. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those who are constantly doing uh, dhikr. And inshallah, I will see you all tomorrow. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
فمن تعجل في يومين فلا إثم عليه ومن تأخر فلا إثم عليه لمن اتقى واتقوا الله واعلموا أنكم إليه تحشرون